0: Welcome to Voices Internacional, a podcast where students, staff, and families will build community. What's up? Welcome back. This is now episode fourteen. And today we have two special guests. You're probably thinking, oh, it's two students. Well, it's not two students. It's actually two of my colleagues, two of our staff members that you know as Miss Geneva and Profe, otherwise known as Geneva Clark and Susie, how do I say your last name? I'm sorry. Erlogan. Erlogan.
1: That's yes. right.
0: All right. So, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Good. Gracias. Hola. (laughs) Hello.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Yes. And so, obviously, I'm trying to get all of our staff to record their story, um, but I also wanted to have the two of you together because you're also part of our ASB crew. You two are the advisors, and You know, before this podcast, I was sharing how I have seen the transformation of the ASB and and how much more involved students are and just, you know, with your guidance, like how much participation there is and how cool it is to see our students be empowered in that way with some mentorship to appreciate you all. Um, But before we talk about ASB and what what drew you to that uh, support role, Who were you in high school? Were you a part of ASB in high school? Who were you?
2: Uh, So to start off with me, um, I want to say I was many things in high school. Um, I think first and foremost, I was probably, you know, what they call a nerd. Um, I always try to get really good grades. I was really focused on academics. I actually went to three different high schools um, during my high school career, I went to a science charter school for ninth and 10th grade. Cause obviously like I've been passionate about science for as long as I can remember. Um, but I, that charter school actually didn't have an athletics program. And I was also like really active and wanted to be part of sports and a team. Um, and a lot of my friends from the middle school that I went to, we're still at my home traditional high school. Um, and so I ended up going back uh, so that I can get involved in swimming. So from there, I actually joined the varsity swim team my junior year and I was with all my friends. Um, I didn't feel as challenged though. I felt like that school was a little bit easier. Um, sports became more of my focus And then my senior year, not by choice, but my um, dad told me that we were moving to California because at the time I was um, growing up in South Texas. And so that was like a big move, Um, super exciting though. um, And I wanted to go because I think for me, um, I had always dreamed of living out in California uh, my dad was in the Navy, and he actually did his residency in San Diego at the Balboa Naval Hospital. So he had some good friends, some good uh you know, uh, buddies back then that growing up, we'd actually go and visit. So I had been to San Diego before in California, and so there was always that desire. And even though I was really sad to leave my friends, there was a part of me that just felt like so excited to. You know go to the west coast and um luckily i went to uh so kind of east bay area it was like it's called tracy if any of you are familiar yeah, so kind of yeah, in between yeah. like you know san francisco and stockton um but i was a part of a new high school there so i didn't feel super new i was actually part of like the first graduating class yeah, and please. I, uh, during that time, like, I, let's see, I was part of the key club, so I, I knew community service was, like, important, so I wanted to do some of that. I was taking, like, four AP classes, so I was still pretty, like, involved in school. But I also like to mess around, like, in the sense, Uh-oh. like, I was funny. I was actually nominated the class clown.
0: Oh, um, that's awesome.
2: So even though, like, I was new, I feel like people kind of knew me because in the sense, like, in class, like, I was always like, you know, just trying to have fun cracking jokes, but in a way that wasn't being, like, super disruptive. Um, What else? And I I also want to say I was that girl, like, even though, like, so I moved around a lot. I never really had, like, a solid group of friends. I always kind of felt like I was friends with everybody. I didn't really associate myself with like a clique. Um, But at the same time, I kind of felt like I was also um, like a hopeless romantic. Um, I definitely, you know, um, had, you know, this idea of like love and falling in love and having a high school sweetheart. And, you know, uh, and even though I never really kind of attained those ideals, uh, I kind of, you know still formed lasting friendships with people that I'm still friends with from high school and um, I kind of found love in other ways in that sense and um, but at any time like I think now looking at students and and relationships I kind of think back like oh the love the romance (laughs) Um, and I you know I just think it's a very special experience to have.
0: Yeah, nice. You're busy, yeah, yeah, and active. That's awesome. Nice. What about you, Susie? Brofe, how do you want to be called on this podcast, Susie or Brofe? Who are we? Who are we talking? Um,
1: to? I guess for all adults here,
0: Susie. I guess. Okay.
1: Um. So. I guess I'll start off. I was originally born in Arizona and then uh, moved to New York and went to a Catholic school there until like first grade. And then I moved back to Arizona and was raised there for the majority of my upbringing and always wanted to be in student government. I mean, I remember in like fourth grade, I did this like rap. It's like, hey, my name is Susie. I'm going to be a doozy in, you know, whatever. Something silly, and I didn't get nominated. I remember crying. (laughs) So I was, like, determined after elementary school, like, middle school, high school, determined to get into student government and was in those. Um, But I was definitely a nerd, tomboy growing up. And then I think probably it wasn't until, like, eighth grade, ninth grade, I wore, like, my first dress, you know. I was super into playing basketball and softball um but then so I was like totally anti boys just totally about my friends um and anti everything I was like no I'm not gonna go to parties or drinking or like any of that like what are you guys doing and my friends like tease me now like I was so like trying to be perfect or whatever but I mean that was that was just because like my family had like struggled with addiction and stuff like that and I was like I don't want any of that like around me. Um, so, you know, I really wanted, and I was raised by my grandma. So I really wanted to like make her proud and she was like also kind of scary. So I didn't want to, (laughs) you know, disappoint her. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I played a bunch of sports in high school and I also swam uh, my senior year just to try to get in better shape for basketball. And that was a fun experience. Um, and what else? Yeah, I did student government, and um, we had, it was a really student-led student student government. We had, like, you know, lots of, lots of students, different committees, like, we had the ninth grade committee, 10th grade, 11th, and 12th grade committees, and then we would have, like, spirit committee, and social committee, and, you know, community service committee, like, all these different committees, kind of similar to, like, what we have now, Um, and that's kind of, like, where I pull a lot of my, you know, just experience from, and, you know, from being in college, obviously, and working with like your different community service groups and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think that's what led me to ASV for sure.
0: Dang, that's awesome. I love yeah. I love hearing from both of you and like all the different things that you were both into. You have the swimming similar <laughs> like similar background in swimming. Um yeah, not I've the best, baseball. but <laughs> Yeah. But both athletes, you know, and I just wanna shout it out, uh last year. We had our—I don't know if it was the first time, but at least for last year, we had the first staff versus student games. I just want to say, you know, we did win the basketball game.
1: Yeah, we dominated. It was like kind of embarrassing for them. Right,
0: it wasn't even close. So
1: I hope uh, they're training in the off season. That's for sure. I hope
0: so. (laughs) Because I've been practicing, and I told Noah this morning. I saw him at picture day. I let them know I might have to dump it, I don't know.
1: Oh, that kid's trash, (laughs) no, I'm just
0: kidding. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just love, like, I think both of you mentioned, like, your personalities, too, and and I see that, you know, and I see that, what you bring to our community, Um, so definitely thank you, and and Susie, like, thank you, too, for, you know, sharing a little bit about your family background and, and some of the choices that you make, because... You know, I think our families are are complex sometimes, right? And and if we learn from their experiences, like we can make choices that'll take us down a different path, which is my next question for both of you. Um, How did you figure out what you were gonna do next after high school?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, Well, for me to start, I knew college was always on the table. Um, you know, I was really fortunate where, you know, both my parents went to college, um, you know, had educated backgrounds. Um, my mom was actually an elementary school teacher. Um, so there is kind of that education connection there. And my dad, um, you know, he's partially retired, but he's, he's a doctor. He's an orthopedic surgeon. So he does bone surgery, but he majored in biology and minored in chemistry. Um, you know, also was in the military. So very, very disciplined. Um, I kind of had a very structured life. Um, even though my parents were divorced, uh, there was always kind of that structure and being on the same page. Um, and, I think just with my dad, you know, having that passion of like, that's where I got my passion of science. But then like from my mom, my mom was always like creative and silly and that kind of gave me like the passion of learning. And I think later on as I discovered more of my interests, I figured out like I wanted to combine the two and I realized that like, you know, growing up, I, science came easy to me and I think it's because I had that background but I realized a lot of my peers were struggling in science and it wasn't so much them it was really like how it was being taught and it was like a lot of like repetition and rote memory learning and not necessarily like applying any science and when I was in college I actually went to SDSU like I majored in biochemistry and I switched my major my first after my first semester because I did so poorly in chemistry. But it was like such a big reality for me because I was like, wow, it's really not that I don't know chemistry. I know this, but it's like how it was taught. Mm really made me realize like you know what maybe there needs like to be more science teachers and educators and like i'm i i knew like i didn't want to drop out of like science itself i was like i have to major in a science like that i can't see myself doing anything else like that's what i love that's what i've always loved but i was like thinking how it seems like there's a really struggle when it comes to science and education so that's kind of like later on like i switched my major to environmental science because that was a relatively new major at sdsu and i was always passionate about like the outdoors and being outside and and being conscious about our surroundings and i also felt like not a lot of people or, or students even my age like knew um you know or were very aware or connected with their surroundings and and that science aspect so i did like volunteer i did internships at sdsu um i interned at like ocean discovery institute i was an informal teacher um i did other volunteering opportunities and that's kind of where after i graduated I was like, you know what? I want to, I I want to go back. I want to get my credential and I want to be a science teacher. And also looking at the job market and thinking about, well, how am I going to make it in San Diego? Because like that was another thing. Like I wasn't born in San Diego, and so, and I know San Diego is like one of the most expensive places to live and one of like the hardest places to actually be successful. So I was like, how can I be successful on my own here? Because I didn't really have any ties to San Diego at that point. And I was like, wow, like being a science teacher, there's so many opportunities for that. Education is like such a solid career path. There's like, you know, I love learning and continuing to like teach and that cycle. Um, But I also like the idea of like the benefits being a teacher too. I was like, because my family's not here, I was like, wow, I get summers. I get holidays. I can go travel. And like, Mm -hmm. because family is also so important to me. And I worked other jobs while going into college. And there were times where I had to work during the holidays because it was like a retail job. And that really, really sucked because I couldn't see my family so that I think also showed me like, hey, this is a, a career that works for me because of my current life circumstances. But it's also something that I love to do. Um, I, in a way, I kind of feel like it is my calling. Um, and I always try to like, keep that in mind. And you know, I tell, I like to tell people like, if you love what you're doing, like it doesn't feel like you're working. And it's just, for me, it's, like, I love serving students. Um, acts of service is, like, my love language, if you all are familiar with the five love languages. So it really feels, like, I feel like my job fills my cup. And, like, even throughout this experience with distance learning, like, it's been such a challenge because I feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not filling that cup to the best of my ability. And you know, connecting with others is so important for me. Um, but we're figuring it out.
0: Yeah. Still figuring it
2: out. <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah. My love language is also acts of service, and my husband hates that. He's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Just do the dishes, please. It means so much to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like, no, we change your
2: heart. <laughs> Uh,
0: that's hilarious.
2: I knew we were meant for each other Susie
1: I know
0: <laughs> power couple
2: yes <laughs> well
0: and one thing that's cool about your story and I don't know if you've heard our colleagues that have recorded episodes in the past but just the the path to education for you was like you had this moment in college where you're like whoa like there's a disconnect here and how can I be a part of something different and become a science educator right and and I think that's really cool because traditional education at least for most of us was you sit there and you be quiet and you memorize this and then you fill in the blanks on Friday for the test you know and there wasn't very much joy and I think like just hearing you share about what you are passionate about like It really is about joy and connection and and family, you know, and I think in school, for those of you listening, being an educator is, is a lot of work, right? But you get these really cool breaks, all these holidays, and you have like this extended family in your colleagues and the students, you know, and I think especially at our site where we're really invested in connecting, you know, and that matters so much to us that I think, I know for me, and I imagine for the two of you as well, like, like this is really hard, like not being able to be in the same space and, you know, say, what's up to kids, you know, or greet them at the door, like say, good morning, like all these things that we do that suddenly, like, I appreciate that so much more now. Um, I love, I love that. What about for you, Susie? How, how'd you transition?
1: transition from high school to figuring out what i wanted to do was that the question yeah. okay um it's a long time ago so i gotta think back um you I, I are older I, than me right yeah way older
0: yeah i knew it
1: um but i don't have as many grades i don't think uh, I, I, <laughs> I, actually,
0: I was gonna say that now <laughs>
1: I'm just teasing but okay so after high school so in high school I always had like a really strong group of friends but like I said I was like kind of like the goody two-shoes but I also felt different because I grew up in a community that was like you know I'm I'm obviously white but I also like am Argentinian and so I you know didn't always feel like I fit I fit in and also like I was raised with my grandma so just you know certain insecurities you feel like when I also was the only child so you know I just felt different and um after high school I was like I'm I also don't feel ready for college I didn't know what I wanted to major in I had only applied to one school I applied to U of A and I got accepted I was like great Hmm. I don't know if I want to go here because it's like you know a really big school and um I mean I had a great had a great education in high school I had great teachers and coaches who spent so much time like after school doing stuff and just like having awesome projects and stuff like that and I was just nervous about college I was like I don't know if I'm ready so I decided to go to Argentina so I could learn more about my heritage because my father was Argentinian my grandparents are from Argentina Um, but because my father passed away before I was born I didn't get to like learn the language so I you know I would go visit my my um, Silva side like my Argentinian side every summer and like you know get to see my cousins my aunts and my uncles and everything my grandparents um, and they would always be speaking Spanish like to hide the language like telling secrets about us
0: uh, what are they no. saying?
1: What are they saying? and like none of my cousins in my generation speak Spanish um like we know a little bit at the time we only knew a little bit we knew all the bad words my grandma would say and yell at us but (laughs) she was also a little scary um but she was amazing um so we i decided like i'm gonna go to argentina i'm gonna learn spanish and then i'll figure out what i want to do i also graduated high school at 17 and so i did um afs which was american field service um which was at you know back in history was like you know i think an ambulance corps but kind of changed into this Um, in like World War II or something, but got changed into this exchange program. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, I went abroad. I stayed with a host family and um, I went to an all-girls Catholic school because the family had three girls. And um, so I learned Spanish really fast because girls were talking nonstop. I was like, what, what, what? And um, they just like, in Argentina, they have like no sense of space. You know what I mean? They're just like always hugging you and kissing you. And I was just eating so well, I gained like 20 pounds, just eating dulce de leche, bananas nonstop. It was awesome. Um, So I learned a lot about my culture. I learned how to speak um, Spanish. And I also ended up having to apply to my other, more colleges while I was there in Argentina. That was nuts too, that was very difficult. It was like a lot of like online learning, like doing it like on the computer with the big giant monitors, you know, anyway. So and I got it.
0: Applying to schools in the States.
1: Yeah. From Argentina, because okay. I, like, you know, I had already applied to U of A, but I, I, I feel like in high school, I, I think I just, cause I was like busy with sports and just like friends, I, I didn't really, and also like, we didn't have a really strong college support. We only had like one counselor for like 2,000 kids, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like everybody was going to college after right. high school, um, so, anyway, um, went to you know I, I applied to different schools. I applied to schools in San Diego because my cousin lived in San Diego. She was also in the Navy, and I love San Diego. Um, and I got waitlisted, but I got into University of Redlands. And my grandma had gone to a satellite school at Redlands, like in somewhere in LA, and she had graduated from there. She's like, why don't you check out Redlands, which is in the Inland Empire? And I was like, sure. And so I got a really good you know, financial aid package and um, decided to go there. It was only three hours from Havasu. Um, and I thought I at the time wanted to be a doctor. And I also took chemistry and I took like calculus and all of these classes. And um, I was like, hmm, you know what, I actually I'm not really good with the. Uh, with chemistry and i mean i passed the class as well i think i got a's and b's but i was like man i actually faint like every time i see blood i don't think i should be a doctor so i ended up taking my second semester spanish and religious studies and my teachers were awesome i had like this 90 year old uh cuban uh woman as a teacher she like went to high went to college with fidel castro and she was like baller. She was awesome. Um, and then another really awesome uh, uh, religious uh, studies teacher and ended up majoring in those two, um, having amazing time at Redlands. Um, really great close-knit community, making great friends there. And then after that, I joined Teach for America because at that time it was like, you know, jobs were were scarce. People were you know, after 2008, we're, you know, not being able to find jobs. Mm-hmm. And that was like a guaranteed job. And they were like, so you know, we need a lot of people go to go down to the Mississippi Delta. Um, so that uh, was where I went, because that's where they were sent. Essentially, if you put that anywhere on your preference list, you were going there. Guaranteed. Um, yeah, guaranteed. And so that was definitely an interesting experience. And I taught Um, because I majored in Spanish, taught elementary Spanish my first year, so kindergarten, first and second grade. And I decided I wanted to uh, be a teacher because um, I had tutored in college. And I was like, you know what, I could do this. I really enjoy, you know, um, helping students. And I can see that, like, you know, a lot of teachers also need support and I could, you know, be a good leader in the classroom and whatnot. So, um, yeah, then after... Uh, Teach for America. I went and taught. uh, We'd been there for three years. Um, I met my husband there. And then we moved to New York, where he's from. And we lived in Brooklyn and taught at a charter school named named Uncommon. And um, taught there for four years. was very different than uh, high-tech high, like uniforms i um, mm-hmm. very strict so that's probably why kids think I'm so strict I was like the cool teacher there like laid back and then like, <laughs> I'm like the, the scary teacher had a high tech high but international but uh, I think it was just like if you were chewing gum you got two consequences if you were slouching you got a consequence if you if your belt was if your shirt wasn't tucked in you got a consequence and then kids if they you know it was a very structured school um you know in the inner city And that was really tough to deal with also, you know what I mean? Because it was mostly black and brown students and mostly white teachers and administration. And for me, it was like a constant struggle being like telling these students like how to act professionally when, you know, that's we should be doing what we do at high tech high international, which is, you know, doing projects, collaborating, giving students freedom so that they have, you know, the autonomy to to do what they need to do. Um, so that's what um, I was just like sick of New York at that point and decided to move to San Diego. Convinced my husband finally after four years, and I was like, let's go, go to the beach. And we packed up our bags in our minivan and drove cross country with our dog Coconut and came to San Diego without jobs and stayed with my cousin and applied, applied, applied. And then finally, I got an email from Jane, <laughs> a call back from Jane. And I was so excited. And yeah, I, I like applied. I had applied like way early in March and then here back into like July or August or something. And um, had an interview on Friday. And the, no, got had an interview on Wednesday. Got told I was being hired on Friday and then started Odyssey on the Monday. It was like boom, boom, boom.
0: That's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, and it was just, you know, fate, destiny. So excited to be here still after three years.
2: I feel the same way like <laughs> it was like boom 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 and oh op- some it had opened up like Jade got back to me and like you know g- going in as like a first year teacher you know what I mean like I didn't have the experience that Susie had um but and I wanna say before that in the summer, I had like 10, I'd gone through at least like 10 other interviews. I'd applied to like almost every single district. I'd filled out maybe nearly 20 job applications and I never stopped losing hope. And my advisors at SCC said, hey, sometimes it's like gonna be dead in July. Like don't lose hope. You might get a you know, call back at the end. Sometimes that, you know, most of the time that happens. Um, but it was like, you know it was crazy because it was like this was my dream job and I like landed my dream job and you know I knew about High Tech High because I had two other friends um, in my cohort in my teaching program who did their student teaching at High Tech High and I heard such great things about it Um, so I was like really interested um, in in that community and and continuing those networkings and It was just crazy because, like, you know, by the 10th interview, you kind of feel like, or at least for me, I was, like, starting to get down on myself and starting to, like, really question, like, I've got so much to offer. Like, why can't people see that, you know? And I think, like, it really, really struck me when Dr. Don was in my demo and he, like, asked me, he's like, you know, what I wonder is, like, why anyone hasn't hired you yet and and that was like in a way such a big compliment to me because I finally felt like wow like you actually see me like I for the first time like I actually felt seen for what I can do in my potential and I like knew I was like this is the culture this is the place for me because people value the qualities of a human being rather than the characteristic or the academic profile or, you know, the background. It's like who you are as a person. Like, are you kind? Are you compassionate? Do you give feedback? Like, are you just, you know? And I don't know, and, and so I love it. Like, I students ask me all the time, and they're like, I love this job. I love being here. This is my dream job. Like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, and I hope to stay within the High Tech High organization for as long as I can, um, you know, and see, see nice. what the future
0: holds. Damn. And by the way, like, none of this is scripted. Like, we didn't plan <laughs> to hype our jobs <laughs> up. Um, but let that show you just how much we care and, and how much we love where we're at in the community that we're building. So, um, like, yeah. let's take all of that. Right. And both of you mentioned early on, from an early age, like you were involved, you were participating in leadership, uh, either opportunities or student government. Like, how did you, what was your vision? Like, how did you two decide, like, hey, let's go for it. Let's be partner up and advise ASB at International.
1: Honestly, I don't really remember how this happened. Do you remember?
2: I kind of have like a a story in my head like at least how how I paint it um so (laughs) the thing is and it's funny because like I I had not been in ASB in high school but I had been in you know key club and through SDSU I did like a leadership program my freshman year so I you know being as a teacher like I just you know um really enjoy just the atmosphere of being in a community and working with students and so on and so forth. So I remember my first year like Fran was actually supervising ASB and the president was Paul at the time and Emmett was the vice president and they were both such fantastic students and leaders and I had them both in my class and I even um you know, uh, was able to support Paul in actually getting a mentor, uh, a mentor through an internship at Scripps, where both him and um, Lily, Lily No, actually got to uh, intern with a, a scientist. Um, and I think just through that um, relationship, but also, you know, with Fran, like I loved what Fran did as a Dean. I, as, you know, as, as a person, as an individual, I just felt like she was such an empowering person and um, you know, I was really inspired by what she had been doing for international and, and her advice and, and, you know, just wanting to, and just wanting to be a part of it. And like, and, and what I loved too, was like, you know, being new, like Fran made me feel so included um with our school and that's i don't think that's something like i'll ever forget and something i'll always cherish um and so during the end of the year when we all found out that fran was gonna get her phd and super exciting um you know and leaving us it wasn't so much that fran brought it on the table for me but it was paul who actually like asked me he's like hey so you know like you know i'm graduating and and fran is going to be leaving I was wondering if you would actually take on ASB next year. And like Fran was like in complete support of it. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Like I, you know, um, I loved seeing what she had already been doing for our school. And I was like, yeah, I want to continue that. Like, I want to continue that legacy, I guess, in a sense. Um, and so at the time, too, uh, we had immersion, and <laughs> Susie was in my immersion. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we had literally gone through a journey together with students.
1: From Did we go post- through a journey or what? Hiking in
2: the 99
1: degree heat from
2: the post- <laughs> <practice? laughs> <And
1: Literally. laughs>
2: And that, I would say that was such an amazing (laughs) immersion experience because I, we were both able through like funding and like, I had a donor's choose, like get, you know, a charter bus that literally took us to Anza Borrego desert, you know, the state park. (laughs) And we went on a trail to like an oasis in the desert. Now, mind you, I had a whole trail guide and everything. I didn't tell the students from the beginning because I didn't want to scare them that I had actually never been on this trail before.
0: What?
2: But I was like, now <laughs> let's, we're going to the desert. We're going to like these students, some of them, I was like, you know, we may never get this opportunity. Like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And we did it. We made the journey. We the got the whole time. I was just seeing
1: mirages of oasis. and I was like,
2: oasis?" <of> a,
1: oasis.
2: <laughs> a, a palm tree almost fell <laughs> on Langston. <laughs>
0: Oh my, oh my goodness God.
2: but that was okay it, everyone was safe it was honestly such a memorable experience and we saw so much diversity out there and and we made it and the kids were great and we made it back to the bus safely and like everyone just had such a great time and I think just going through that journey with Susie you know and and the kids loved it like we you know, I had like guides. We were I was kind of like, you know, sharing information on the trails, like this is this plant, this is the cultural history, oh, blah baby. blah blah.
1: It was um, really cool. I felt excuse- like a kid on the trip too. It's like, yes.
2: Sweet. And yeah, yeah. The sage and, and Susie was great too. Cause she like designed t-shirts for us. So we were like super legit. Like we had like HTHI coast to cactus. immersion, and, and, you know, it just felt like we were such an authentic group. And, um, and I don't know, I think that's kind of where we kind of realized how, At least for me, like, I was like, wow, like Susie's legit, like, we make such a great team, like, um, and I just was so grateful for her being a part of this, you know, uh, journey and this immersion experience, because it was also my first immersion I had ever planned. And, you know, Suze, and I think with Susie as well, cause this was her, yeah. first, you know, we were both going into international together. So she was able to great provide great support and feedback. And, you know, in, even in terms of like transportation and all those logistics. Um, so, and then I think when the following year, when I brought up, like, you know, when we were all deciding in the summer during staff days, like what we wanted to do for Xbox, I had brought up that like, oh, um you know i want to take on asb this year um and i know uh susie mentioned like hey i want to do this too and i was like yes i was so excited um because i was like yeah asb like i don't really know you know i'm new to that i would love to have a partner or co-teacher and i know like with yearbook um that was the same so i felt like in some situations some certain xbox could have two teachers and it turned out to be such a good thing because like Susie and I I think this past year with ASB like I think we did so phenomenal um you know and we both had different strengths in different ways um you know, where I was able to support in some ways and Susie was able to support in others. And I think areas where I fell short, Susie was able to step up for me and vice versa. And I think it also really showed the kids as well, like what, um, or the students, like, you know, how a team works and how a partnership works, um, Yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of my spiel. I'm sorry. I keep, I keep talking and and going on about this, but it was just magic to me. It was just meant to be like, (laughs) we have just been on this journey since day one. You've been
0: waiting to share this story. I could tell.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's really cool though, because I I think like the two of you share a lot of, in common, you know, in in many ways of like even just moving throughout your childhood and you know, all these different things that, I have really enjoyed um the opportunity to record these podcasts with both staff and students because you know hearing about our backgrounds like there's a lot of things like I would have never known you know and even just hearing how the two of you like got to know each other through this I don't know like really scary experience that you call really <laughs> cool going together <laughs> um but I feel like that's when the bonds happen, right? Like you know, okay, she's down, like she can handle that, like we we could do this, um, and then bringing that to ASB, right? And and shout out to Fran because when I first came, I knew I was coming over. She mentioned ASB would be part of my my responsibilities. I was like, oh what, like <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I found out that two of you wanted to take it on, I was like, hell yes, like that's awesome, <laughs> but also like. And not to say that I didn't want to do it, but I have no experience. And I think the two of you with your background, your experiences, like it it shows, right? And I think the other piece that you just kind of shared too of of modeling what it looks like to to be a partner and to collaborate and co-facilitate something in a society that most of us were raised to be a standout, to be the leader, to be an individual. You know, we don't always learn or see what it looks like to work in collaboration with someone where it's it's like sometimes there's more of one person and and less of the other and then it changes right it's fluid and and i love that you know and and i'm I'm really happy to hear that because you know just being on the outside looking in like you know i don't really know how it works but like it's amazing you know i love everything that y'all are doing and then knowing that you two are are working with our students even currently through distance learning and you have some things coming up for our community you know i'm really excited about that so i can't say thank you enough i also want to say thank you because the two of you are are two of the folks that stand out the most from my first retreat at international and like geneva you were talking about friend made you feel welcome and you know like you were the first one there at retreat you know we started talking and then you know, Susie, you showed up and we were talking about, like, your background and, and just, like, the both of you, like, you, you breathe everything that you do, you know, and uh, I'm just really happy to be a part of this, this team and this community. So, that said, we talked about family, we talked about connections, you both brought up uh, love languages or love language. And it's funny because the sticky note that I grabbed to write notes on has in my wife's handwriting love languages. Um, so it's like super <laughs> random. Um, but I think I it's something it for it's people meant to, to happen.
1: know.
0: You know, like I think if our students know what their love language is and, you know, mm-hmm. look into it. It might sound a little awkward and you're like uncomfortable hearing it, but love language is okay. Ooh. All that means <laughs> is it what makes you feel complete. You know, what makes you feel seen? What makes you feel heard? It could be a lot of things. But the more you know about yourself, the better choices you make with the people you keep around you.
1: What about you, you Enrique? You can't just, like, always ask the questions. We want to know about you.
0: What was my, What's mine? I think mine, I, I don't know. I need to look it up. Because it's oh. here. It's written for me. And then you the <laughs> brought it up. So I'm going to, I'll look it up and I will tell you on the next podcast.
1: Oh, um, that's, a, that's a good hook. That's a good hook. That's to get. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: but with that, you know, do you two have like any last words, like any advice, any, anything you want to share in the last couple minutes here?
1: Um, I would just say like, always try to, you know, do what you want to do um don't let anybody no matter what they say about you and you know what they think about you i just watched harriet tubman and that movie was so good and just like don't let anybody tell you you can't do something um you know because you will definitely find a way and your path will lead you there if you just you know take one step in the right direction that's all you need
0: i love it
2: Yeah, I think mine's kind of similar. Um, I think for me, and even like looking back at my life, I realized like I am where I ended up now because I listened to my heart and I let that take priority over anything and everything that was going on in my mind. And it's weird because I just feel like, you know, whether you think of it as like a voice in your heart or an urge, or this like magnetic pull, listen to that, listen to that, whatever that feeling is in that center of your being, like just let it draw you to where you're supposed to be, because literally like that is your path, that is your guiding uh, force even if your mind is like no that's crazy that's never gonna happen in a million years and and it doesn't make sense like your mind is gonna try to rationalize things that like they can never understand where the heart is coming from and i think like everything i do i do with heart um and i think that's like and i'm gonna continue my journey that way just like whatever that pull is whatever that language is whatever that voice inside of me is telling me even though it's not like a i can't even translate it into the english language it's more of just like this knowing that like this is where i need to go this is what i'm meant to do kind of thing don't suppress that
0: yeah
1: it's also okay to not have it all figured out right it's not you don't have to have it all figured out right after high school i sure didn't
0: yeah you yeah, don't, don't put that pressure on go yourself. With the flow. <laughs> go with Go with I think Geneva, like you also, I feel like I interpret that like trusting the universe, right? The universe will put you right where you need to be when you need to be there, you know? And, and I think to your point, Susie, like, you know, basketball term right here, pivot. Let's hear you it. You can pivot, you know, like you can always pivot, like don't pick up your uh-huh. dribble, keep moving. You know, and persevere, right? Like both of your stories is all about perseverance and then like getting to that destination that at some point you realize like, oh, okay, I want to be down here. And what do I need to do to be successful, to be happy, to be complete? So thank you both. This was awesome. Really I also want to just
1: really quickly shout out to our students because they are totally persevering because I, um, I'm just so impressed with them day in and day out. Um, I can't imagine what my freshmen are feeling not being able to see their friends and meet new people. Uh, my heart goes out to you guys and I'm definitely trying to build a, you know, as many connections with you guys as possible and just know I'm always thinking about you guys and um, can't wait till we're together on campus.
0: Yes, cannot wait. And yeah, shout to the students, thank you for just showing up you know we love we love having you and can't wait to see you in person and just to be totally honest like these podcasts are for the students we want you to get to know us um so participate turn your cameras on and we'll see you soon (laughs) with the z zoom see you soon see you soon (laughs) bye